Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. You know, life can be such a grind at times, and so we're here sharing God's Word with you to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the host of the Grind It Podcast, the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. Today we're going to start breaking down Luke chapter 21. Uh, just before we get into Luke 21, I just want to say thank you for uh, listening to the Grind It Podcast. Thank you for watching on YouTube. And thank you for share, uh, sharing the Grind It Podcast because when you share the Grind It Podcast, you're sharing uh, an opportunity for people to get to know Jesus and to follow Jesus and to have the same hope that you have and, and that I have, and that's going to heaven. And so th- just a big thank you for making the Grind It Podcast uh, such a success. Now, today in Luke 21... And actually, in Luke chapter twenty, we uh, took a look at Jesus. How he, he's he's now in Jerusalem. He, he's gone into the temple and he's he's cleansed the temple of those greedy people who were selling uh, the animals for uh, to be sacrificed. They were they, their hearts weren't in the right place. They were selling those sacrifices for profit. They were there to make money because those religious leaders. Jesus has already pointed out that they love money and we're going to see that again here in Luke 21. And so he's cleansed out the temple and and he is going back to the temple on a daily basis and he's teaching people the the the, the ways of God and 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 he he's teaching with authority and, and and the people are just in amazement at his teachings and and in this in the in this last chapter chapter 20 we saw Jesus being challenged by the religious leaders they they want to know you know by what authority are you doing these things who in other words they're saying who do you think that you are and even the sadducees at the end of luke 21 uh got in on the act and 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 they try to challenge jesus but each time they challenged jesus they were just shut up they were they were kept silent they they i mean they literally were speechless they could not come back on Jesus with anything they they Jesus and the way he answered them it just it just shut them up they didn't know how to respond and this is how Luke chapter 20 ends it says then with the crowds listening he turned to his disciples and said be aware of these teachers of religious law for they are like for they like to parade around in flowing robes and love to receive respectful greetings as they walk in the marketplaces and how uh and how they love the seats of honor in the synagogues and the head uh, head table at banquets. And yet they shamelessly cheat widows out of their property and then pretend to be pious or holy by making long prayers in public. Because of this, they will be severely punished. So th- this is why the religious leaders hated Jesus. It's because he exposed them for what they truly what they really are and they were a bunch of fakes they 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 acted one way but they were living another way and and, and if you read matthew 23 when jesus really hits them hard with the woes woe unto you scribes and you pharisees and, and he just goes through all of these uh how they pretend to be one way but yet they're really this way he said you may be fooling people on the outside but but you're not fooling god and so over and over again, the religious leaders, they hated Jesus. They tried to kill him. They tried to stone him. They tried to push him off the edge of a cliff. 
they, they, they were plotting to kill Jesus whenever he got to Jerusalem. They said, you let us, they, they didn't spread word around Jerusalem. You let us know whenever he gets to Jerusalem because we're going to have him arrested. And in Luke chapter 21, it's no different. It starts off the same way with Jesus exposing these religious leaders in the temple. And, in, in, and here's how verses 1 through 4 reads. Luke says, while Jesus was in the temple, he watched the rich people dropping their gifts in the collection box. So they're taking up an offering, right? And then a poor widow came by and dropped in two small coins. I tell you the truth, Jesus said, this poor widow has given more than all the rest of them. For they have, all, they have given a tiny part of their surplus, but she, poor as she is, has given everything that she has. Now, I actually have a coin uh, that is like the coin that this widow uh, would have dropped in. It's called the widow's mite. If I can hold on to it here and not drop it. Um, this comes from 103 to 76 BCE. And it's smaller than a dime. You, you probably can't see it very well. But it's smaller than a dime. And it's really jagged and, and the print is off-centered. Uh, but it's really cool. And that lady would have dropped two of these into um, into that uh, collection uh, basket or whatever they were using. And and it's not even worth, two of those I think may be worth a half a cent. It's not even, it's not even worth a, a penny. And you know, if you think about pennies today, uh, now I used to pick pennies up before COVID, but since COVID I quit pick, picking up pennies, but I need to start back. Because a hundred pennies makes a dollar, but most people will just walk right over a penny and not even bother uh, bending down and picking up the penny. But if it's silver, you know, if it's a quarter, or a dime, or a nickel, you know, we'll, we'll pick that up in a heartbeat because it's worth a, a little more. But a penny is is, is one cent, and it takes a hundred of them to make a dollar. So we, we just don't even bother with it. And 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 Jesus says, even though those guys or these religious leaders are throwing in just these. A huge amount of coins this widow lady walks up to the basket and drops in two little old I mean it's not much bigger than a, a small pebble or rock and it would have barely even made a sound and I'll get to that in just a second but Jesus said this woman even though what she has given you know their their offerings equal thousands of dollars but her offering equals not even a penny Jesus said that she has given more than the religious leaders and if you think about it we have all these rich religious leaders they're dressed in their fancy religious garb as, as jesus has already pointed out at the end of luke 20 uh they're throwing in huge amounts of money uh they they, they but here's the thing about that they didn't really care how much money they were throwing in and they were throwing in a, a large amount of money and here's why they were th throwing in a large amount of money because they, they wanted people to hear their money hit the bottom of the barrel and, and, and make a loud sound. It was all about getting attention. It wasn't about, uh, God, look how much I'm giving to you for your service and to honor you and to glorify you. It was, I want these people to hear how much money I'm actually putting in this offering basket and, and, and I want them to hear the sound because I want them to know how much I'm giving. And I want all the attention to be on me. And, and so 
Jesus has already pointed out how they love attention. And so they would love the attention that, that they're getting from how much money is being put in the basket. And that's exactly what's going on here. The disciples, they're just sitting back and, and, and they're watching what's going on. And they're watching these religious leaders go around, maybe line up or however they however they did it. And they were watching these guys just drop these money bags in or, or dumping their money out. And, and, and they're just admiring you know their looks they, they've got the religious garb on they they, 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 they look the part they sound the part with their fancy prayers and now they're giving all this money to God and, and, and the disciples are like, man this is awesome this is pretty cool watching watching these people do their thing and and, and Jesus is going to point out that hey that 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 poor widow lady up there that looks all scraggly and nasty, they just put in two coins that you didn't even hear hit the bottom of the barrel. She gave more than any of those religious leaders put together because she gave everything that she had. Um, if you if if you uh, go back to what Jesus was saying earlier about uh, these religious leaders, and he's already mentioned several times about how they love money. Um, and, and it's impressive to the disciples that they're throwing in large amounts of money. But but a question that 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 comes up is where where did they get the money? How did how did they get their riches? Where did that money come from? And and I believe I have a pretty good idea where it comes from because Jesus just mentioned it in the last chapter at the end of chapter twenty when he said, Yet they shamelessly cheat widows out of their property. So you can see the hypocrisy going on here because the religious leaders would call um, the tax collectors notorious sinners. The tax collectors were hated, specifically they were hated by the religious leaders. They're called notorious sinners. They would say over and over again to Jesus, I, or they would think it in their minds, and Jesus would call them out on it. But they would say, I can't believe this guy. He's claiming to be from God. He's claiming to be the Messiah. But look at the people who he's hanging out with. He's even going home to, to Zacchaeus' house. He's going to eat with tax collectors and sinners. But yet, here are these religious leaders who are supposed to be pointing people to God and being the example of God, and they're robbing or they're cheating widows out of their property. And that's how they're getting their money. They're doing the same thing that they're condemning the tax collectors of doing. Because the tax collectors would come around for the Roman uh, Roman government, the Roman authorities, and they would collect taxes to pay to the Roman authorities, and then they would uh, collect extra taxes and keep it for themselves. But these religious leaders, Jesus said, they're doing the same exact thing. They're, they're shamelessly cheating widows out of their property. They didn't care anything about the person. They didn't care anything about the widow. They didn't care anything about the poor. And as a matter of fact, they were scamming the widows. It, it, it's, it's like a, a, an old-timey version of what goes on today. And if you, if you look at the statistics today about these scammers, you know, we get texts or we'll get emails or we'll get messages on social media because you got bots uh, and, and all these different ways of scamming people. Uh, I, I was on a website the other day to, to buy some new earbuds for my iPhone, and, and uh, I knew better. But I just, I, I was really tired. I worked a 15 hour day, so I just wasn't on guard, I guess. 
and 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 I got off of, of Walmart and I got off of Amazon and I went to a website that looked legit and I mean it looked really legit because it was, it was gonna save me about fifteen dollars well they charged me eighty five dollars for these earbuds and I never got them and I had to go to my bank and say look I've been scammed this thing looks legit my bank looked at it they thought it looked legit but I had to uh, cancel my card get a new card uh, so that they couldn't draw any more money out. But it's been almost three weeks, and I still haven't gotten the earbuds, and I'm not going to get the earbuds. I know that they robbed me of $85. And, if, and, and so many people that they do that to, they they make a killing. And and, and, and statistics show that uh, to, in today's time that you know these scammers will call these older people, and you hear this all the time on the news, how these older women uh, and older men, they get scammed out of thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars. They just basically empty these people's bank accounts. And, and, and that, that's just a modern-day version of what's going on here with these religious leaders and the widows. Jesus says these guys aren't anything but scammers. They're, they're robbing or they're cheating the widows out of their property and and I believe that that's how they were making their money and, and they were getting rich because they they were they were cheating the poor and and didn't care anything about the poor they didn't care anything about this widow or any widow they just cared about money and they cared about uh, their power and they cared about looking good in front of the of the community uh, because you know hey look at us we, we are we are the representatives for God and 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 Jesus says that they're, they're far from it because their hearts just aren't right. But God has always um, taken care of the poor. He's always had a heart for the poor and especially for the widows. In James chapter 1, verse 27, James writes this. He says, Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. So these religious leaders were supposed to be taking care of the widows and, and not robbing the widows. And, and like I said, God has always looked out for the widows. And I want to share some uh, some scriptures with you. Uh, the first one is Exodus 22, 22-27. It says, Do not take advantage of the widow or the fatherless. It's pretty evident right there off the bat what uh, God thinks of the widow. Uh, he says, Do not take advantage of of the widow or the fatherless. The, the the religious leaders, they knew the law like the back of their hand. They knew this law right here. They knew that God says, don't take advantage of the widow or the fatherless, but yet that's what they were doing. This is why they hated Jesus, because Jesus knew it and he called them out on it. He says uh, in Exodus 22, 23, if you do, if you take advantage of the widow or the fatherless, and they, they cry out to me, I will certainly hear their cry, God says. My anger will be aroused, and I will kill you with the sword. Boom, God says. What do you think about that? Your wives will become widows, and your children fathers. In other words, it's, you're going to reap what you sow. Verse 25, if you lend money to one of my people among you who is needy, do not treat it like a business deal. Charge no interest. If you take your neighbor's cloak as a pledge, return it by sunset. Because that cloak is the only covering your neighbor has. What else can they sleep in? When they cry out to me, I will hear, for I am compassionate. So get this in your mind. Get this picture in your mind. The disciples, they're in all these religious leaders, right? And, 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 and these religious leaders, they're so knowledgeable about God. They know the law. They seem to be righteous. 
they're dressed in immaculate uh, clothing. Uh, they look the part. They're saying their their fancy prayers, and they're sounding so holy. And it was such a spect- spectacle to witness, and 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 what's all going on. And and so these guys, these these Jesus's disciples, are standing back and they're they're watching them as they all pass by the offering plate, and they're throwing in these heavy amounts of money, and they're hearing the ching ching. And, and and if you've ever been in one of those uh, uh, grocery stores or whatever that has the coin count and people are just pouring in buckets of, of coins and you, you hear that loud noise, that, that's what's going on here. They're, they're hearing this loud noise from the, all these, these coins fall into that basket and they're thinking, oh man, look at these guys and, and look how much money they're putting. Boy, they just really love God. And, and, and they're seeing all this go on and then there's this widow lady poor all she has is two widow mites that equals a half of a penny or maybe a penny at best and she's probably dressed in rags she probably stinks she's probably dirty just nothing to look at compared to to these religious people dressed in their fine religious clothing and and she walks by and she drops in two of these coins that barely even make a sound if they even do make a sound and and it would it just in my opinion if if i put myself in this woman's shoes i would be embarrassed i matter of fact i don't even know if i could even go up and 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 do what she did it took a lot of courage for her to do that because she was not intimidated she she just went and did her thing to show god how much that she trusted him and, and and loved him and wanted to give all that she had to God. And uh, uh, if you think about it, well, I mean, what is two mites going to do? How, what is two mites to all these silver coins and all these hundreds and thousands of dollars that these guys have been throwing in? And Jesus had just told his disciples don't be anything like these guys. And he's been saying this over and over again lately as they've been on their way to Jerusalem. And now he is really going to use this example to show just how pathetic these religious leaders are. And so he gets their attention, uh, the, the disciples, and he says, Hey, that, that, poor, that, that poor widow uh, that just dropped those two coins in, you know, you've, seen these, you've been watching these guys putting all this money in. And it's impressive what you're seeing. But what's more impressive is what this widow just did. She just went and dropped those two coins in. And, and those two coins is more than what all of those people put in. All of those religious leaders put put in. And, and what these, you could just picture the disciples looking at Jesus like, Dude, are you crazy? Do you, do you know math? Do, do you, did you learn uh, how to add when you were growing up as a kid because they're putting in tons and tons of coins and silver coins that's worth so much more than these two little uh, mites. And, and and how can you say that what she put in is more than what all of these religious leaders have put in? And the point that Jesus is trying to get them to see is this, that they they can only see what they see on the outside. They see... The, the religious people dressed in their religious garbs, they see them dropping in a ton of coins 
and and they're thinking, wow, these people really love God. And they see the the dirty old widow dropping in two little coins that don't even add up to a penny. And they're thinking, man, what what's that all about compared to what these guys do? But Jesus, being God in the flesh, knows these religious leaders' hearts. And that's why he's been calling them out. And he also knows the heart of this widow woman. You see, the, the, the disciples, they can't see the heart. But God can see the heart. And it reminded me in 1 Samuel uh, chapter 16, when God sent Samuel uh, to choose a new king because Saul had kind of, uh, he'd done some things that upset God and God was going to uh, uh, let him go. And, and at some point, he's choosing a new king, which is, turns out to be David. And David's going to be the new king over Israel. But when, when God sent Samuel uh, to Jesse, and he says, you, you, Jesse, you get all your sons uh, and you meet me at this pl- certain place and have all your boys come with you because God is wanting to choose a new king from, from amongst your, your boys. And so the time comes, Samuel meets Jesse, and there's his sons, and, and, and Samuel is going to each one. He lines them up from the oldest to the youngest, and he goes from boy to son to son to son to son, and, and, and Samuel keeps saying over and over again, well, surely this is the one God is choosing because he's tall, he's good-looking, he's strong. You know, and he goes through all these attributes and characteristics that these, these sons of Jesse has, and, and, and God keeps saying, nope, 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 until it comes to the last son. And God says, I, I don't choose any of these. And, and, and Samuel's puzzled. And he says, well, I know, God, this is what you told me to do. And, this is, you know, and they've been obedient. There's all Jesse's boys. And so Samuel looks at Jesse and he says, Jesse, is this all your sons? Or do you, do you, do, do you have another son? And, and Jesse's like, yeah, I, I left one at home tending the sheep, my youngest one. Uh, and, and, and it's like... Samuel interrupts him and says, by all means, we're going to stay right here until you go get that boy because God didn't choose any of these and I, I, you're supposed to bring all your sons here and I, I need to talk to, to, to your kid, your, your, your youngest son. And so they go get David and when Samuel sees David, God says, that's the one. And in 1 Samuel 16 verse 7, God said this to Samuel when he was going through Jesse's sons. He says, Don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And and people still do this today. We we all do this today. We we look at somebody and we immediately, I mean in a in a blink of an eye, we put them in a category uh, and, and just to break it down very simply, we'll say, I'm going to, uh, uh, I, I will associate with you or I will not associate with you. And, and, and or I'll, I'm going to get close to you or I will not get close to you. Um, and, and, and that's what we do as people. We, we look at people and in an instant, without, without even getting to know these people, trying to get to know these people, without even talking to these people, we judge them, we categorize them. And, and, and it's just what we do as people. And, and that's what Samuel was doing. Even though he followed God and he served God and he was there to, to pick the new king, he would look at these uh, at Jesse's sons and just by looking at them, he'd try to say, yep, that's the one God wants. And God says, nope, that's not the one I want. And God says, you can't look at the heart, but I can. And he knew there was something special about the heart of David. And that's why even though David... Uh, 
was a a bad a terrible sinner. Uh, he but he was a, uh, a he shed blood. He was a warrior, uh, but he uh, committed adultery with Bathsheba and 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 had a child by her. But then took Bathsheba's husband uh, Uriah and put him on the front lines. And Uriah was his number one guy and his uh, number one soldier in his army. And and he put him on the front lines where the 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 fighting was the heaviest because he knew he would be killed. So David committed murder. And, and 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 yet God says He's a man after my own heart. So be careful at how you look at people, because you know uh, that person that you are rejecting may be the very person that God is accepting, and 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 that person could be used mightily in the kingdom of of God. But it, it, but if you think about what. Um, these religious leaders are doing and what these disciples are seeing there at the temple. I just want to say this. It's, it's very easy to fool people. You know, we, we look at what we see and that's it. Because we can't see the heart of the person. We can see fruit if we're, if we're around them long enough. But we can't see their heart. And just like these religious leaders, they, they were fooling the disciples at the time they've been fooling the people of their community but they was not fooling Jesus because he he knew their heart and and we might be able to fool people around us for a little while but we will never not for one single moment fool God because he knows us inside and out in Psalm 139 you can go back and read that on your own time but Psalm 139 uh I believe David wrote that one and he's talking about how no matter where I go God you are there you know the words that come out of my mouth before I ever even had the thought in my brain. So, you know, we can't fool God. God sees everything. He knows everything about us. And, and, and He knows our hearts. And we, are, we might fool a lot of people, but we're not going to fool God. And, and the disciples see this rich religious leaders throwing in a lot of money and this scraggly old woman throwing in two coins. But what Jesus sees is a bunch of religious leaders who have robbed widows to get their money. See, the, the, the disciples didn't know that, but Jesus knew that because he's God in the flesh. He knew that they cheated them out of what they own. And even though they threw in a lot of money, they have a lot more in the bank. So what they did give, uh, it, it didn't hurt them at all. They were given, Jesus said they're given out of their surplus. They're not given from their heart like this widow did when she threw in all that she had, those two uh, widows' mites. And so Jesus explains to them that she has given everything that she has to God. And, and, and just for a few minutes, I want to talk about the lesson, a lesson that we can learn from this widow and and just hang with me because what I'm going to talk about here it's it's going to challenge your your way of thinking a little bit so don't let it blow your mind and you, and you tune me out just hang with me through this um, tithing is an Old Testament concept given to the Jews by God Himself and it means tenth and so we think we hear churches all the time talking about give a, give a tithe give a tithe uh, give your offering. And you can Google uh, tithing and Old Testament scriptures about tithing. Um, but basically what you're going to hear in churches today is that we are to give a tenth of our income, which is the tithe. And whatever you give beyond that tenth or whatever you give beyond that tithe is an offering. So if you make $100, then you should give God $10 of that 100 and then live off the $90. 
And anything that you give beyond that $10 is an offering to God. But here's the thing about tithing that, that you probably don't hear very many churches say. In the Old Testament, when, when by the time that a Jew finished tithing and giving their first fruits and giving this offering and giving that offering, uh, whether it be uh, flour, meal, or animals, whatever the sacrifice was, they were actually given up to 33% or more of what they had to God. They went way beyond 10%. Uh, and, and, and so just, just keep that in mind when, when, when you hear a church say, uh, give God a tithe or 10%. But, but hang with me because uh, what I'm about to say, uh, you may disagree, disagree with me, and that's fine. You can email me at thegroundedpodcast at gmail.com, and we can have a further discussion if you like. But uh, after the Holy Spirit falls in Acts chapter 2 and the church begins, there is no mention of tithing. Now, Jesus does talk about the religious leaders tithing when he's walking on the earth, like what we're talking about here today in Luke 21. But after the Holy Spirit falls in Acts chapter 2, Peter preaches that sermon on the day of Pentecost. 3,000 people are, are baptized for their remission of their sins and they're filled with the Holy Spirit and the Lord adds them to the church and the church begins. Tithing is never mentioned that I know of not one time. Not one time. No 10% given, no 33% given. The only thing that mentions uh, anything about giving is actually giving. Um and I challenge you to dig into it for yourself. Don't listen to what a preacher says. Don't listen to what a church says. Dig into it for yourself. People of the way, which is what Christians were called before they were called Christians, because they weren't called Christians until uh, the church in Antioch called them Christians in the book of Acts. Um, but they, people of the way, people who followed Jesus, and the church in its infancy, never were told to tithe, but they were told to give. And, and, and let me give you some examples. In Acts chapter 2, 42 through 47, it says, After the 3,000 were baptized and added to the church, Luke writes this, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. And a deep sense of awe came over them, and all the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and get this and they shared everything they had they didn't just give 10 percent; they gave everything they shared everything that they had they sold their possessions uh, verse 45 says they sold their property and the possessions and shared the money with those in need they worshiped together at the temple each day and they met in homes for the lord's supper and they shared meals with great joy and generosity all the while praising god and enjoying the goodwill of all the people and each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. They sold everything that they had. They got the, They still got to keep it. They still got to live in their homes. They still got to the, uh, garden their their you know the garden in their yard. Um, they got to keep their animals. But they sold everything they had in order to survive. And they pulled all that money together and they would lay it at the apostles' feet. You see that in the next chapter. Uh, because Ananias and Sapphira, that's when they, they died because they kept some money at home and they lied about it. And, and, and they died. God killed them right there on the spot. 
but they pulled their money together because this is a new concept, the church, and it just started. And 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 so they're they're learning to uh, be unified and and to take care of one another. Let me give you a second example, and this is where the prophet named Agabus. Uh, said there's going to be a drought and a famine in Jerusalem. And sure enough, it happens just like he said it would. And Paul is traveling around to these Gentile churches that he has started, he and Barnabas have started. And he's asking, the, or he has been asking the churches to collect some money. And when he came by to visit, he's going to take that money, or he's going to collect that money and take it to the church at Jerusalem so that they could have some relief from this, this drought. And so the church at Corinth... Paul's going to write to them in 1 Corinthians 16, 1 through 4, uh, because they, they have sent a letter asking Paul a bunch of questions. And so we don't have the questions that they ask, but we do have the answers. And, and so now here is one of Paul's answers in 1 Corinthians 16, 1 through 4, and it has something to do about giving. He says, Now regarding your question about the money being collected for God's people in Jerusalem. So we know that he's already asked them to collect money, and he's going to come by and get it. And he gives the reason why he's asking them to collect money. And that reason is for God's people in Jerusalem. He said, you should follow the same procedure I gave to the churches in Galatia. On the first day of the week, each should you should each put aside a portion of the money you have earned. Don't wait until I get there and then try to collect it all at once. When I come, I will write letters of recommendation for the messengers you choose to deliver your gift to Jerusalem. And if it seems appropriate for me to go along, they can travel with me so uh, another example of giving in the new testament is paul says hey there's this need in jerusalem because of this famine and this drought and and, and so i'm asking the churches to collect money and when i get there we can send messengers with the money big people that you trust that can send the money to jerusalem don't wait till i get there to collect the money start collecting it now and let it you know let it pile up so you'll have you know an ample amount of money to give and then the third example I want to share about giving in the New Testament is this. And it's, and it's also from uh, the church at Corinth. In 2 Corinthians 9, Paul writes this, I really don't need to write to you about this, this ministry of giving for the believers in Jerusalem. Same cause for the believers in Jerusalem. For I know how eager you are to help. And I have been boasting to the churches in Macedonia that you in Greece were ready to send an offering a year ago. In fact, it was your enthusiasm. That, so this has been going on for a while, and, and he says, you collect money until I get there. And so it's been a year since, uh, since uh, Paul has told them this. And in fact, it, it was your enthusiasm that stirred up many of the Macedonian believers to begin giving. But I am sending these brothers to be sure you really are ready, as I have been telling them, uh, and that your money is all collected. I don't want to be wrong in my boasting about you. We will be embarrassed, not to mention your own embarrassment if some macedonian believers came with me and found out that you weren't ready after all i had told them so i thought that i should send these brothers ahead of me to make sure that the gift you promised is ready so in other words they've promised that they've been collecting and paul's saying i want to make sure because i've been bragging on you so i'm sending these messengers ahead because i want to make sure that what what you said that y'all have done i want to make sure that y'all have actually done that and so uh he says I, so i thought that uh, he's going to send these brothers ahead of him and he says, but I want it to be a willing gift, not one given grudgingly. Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who, who gives cheerfully. 
and God will generously provide all you need, then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. As the scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. For God is the one who provides seed to the farmer, uh, for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. So two good things will result from this ministry of giving. The needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. As a result of your ministry, they will give glory to God. For your generosity to them and to all believers will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. And they will pray for you with deep affection because of the overflowing grace God has given to you. Thank God for this gift too wonderful for words. So Paul's talking about how they have a ministry of giving. And they've been taking up this collection for the church who's going through this great famine in Jerusalem. And Paul says, I, I, I've been hearing about what you, how much you have collected. And, and I've been bragging on you. So I'm, I'm sending these guys ahead of me to make sure that y'all have collected what you said you collected. And, and, and we're going to send this money to Jerusalem. He says, and don't be giving out of pressure, but be giving out of a cheerful heart. Because God will bless you. you he says, the, like the farmer, it, it, if he just sows a few seeds, he's going to have a small crop. But if he plants a lot of seeds, he's going to have a large crop. And it's the same way Paul's saying with, with this money that you're giving. If you give a lot of money to this need in Jerusalem, God is going to bless you richly. And, and, and by all means, I'm not there preaching the prosperity gospel because I don't believe in the prosperity gospel at all. But you, the Bible is clear. You reap what you sow. And that's exactly what Paul just told the church at Corinth. But he said it's all about giving with your heart and giving with a cheerful heart and not grudgingly. Oh, I don't want to give us money. I need this money to pay my bill. No, you give cheerfully. I know they're going through a struggle. I know they're going through a famine. I know food is hard to come by. So I want to be a blessing to them and I'm going to give them a, a, a blessing. And, and I'm going to give... Uh, what I can and maybe beyond what I can because uh, I want these people to, to be taken care of and to be blessed by God. And and, and, and Paul says God's going to bless you for giving. Well, one last example and, and we'll end the podcast. But what did Jesus say about giving? In Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 through 4, Jesus says, Watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others. He's talking about religious leaders. Uh, he's looking at them and he's saying, you know, watch out. Don't be like these guys. They do their deeds publicly to be admired by others. For you, if, you do, if you're like them, you're going to lose your reward from your Father in heaven. When you give to someone in need, don't do as a hypocrite do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and the streets to call attention to their acts of charity. Hey, look what I've done. I've just given these great big bags of money to uh, the offering plate. Or I just filled up this money bag and I've given it to Paul to take to Jerusalem to the brethren there uh, no don't do that you 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 know you just put your money in the offering plate you don't talk about how much you put it in uh, to meet the needs and, and god will uh, bless you and that's what jesus is saying when you get to someone in need don't do as the hypocrites do blowing trumpets to get you know calling attention to yourself i tell you the truth they have received all the reward they will ever get but when you give to someone in need 
Don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private, and your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. And so, the, here, the bottom line is this. God is not concerned with how much you give. I know churches may try to say, give a tenth. And I hear it all the time. Give, and I grew up hearing it. You give a tenth. And anything you give beyond that tenth is, is an offering. So you give your tithe and you give your offering. The Tithing is an Old Testament concept. In Acts chapter 2, when the church began, you, you don't hear of tithing. You hear give. And you give with a cheerful heart. You, you hear Jesus saying, meet people's needs. Now, the church uh, has to survive. Some bills have to be paid. So offerings, there's nothing wrong with taking up a collection. Um, but when we start demanding how much people should give, then, then the, in my opinion, the church is in the wrong. Because we, we have to preach Jesus. We have to preach that, Jesus, that people are to trust Jesus and trust God and, and, and to produce fruit and, 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 and to give with an open and an unselfish heart and, and give cheerfully. And when we follow Jesus and we, we love Jesus and we want to serve God, we're going to do the right thing. And we have to trust that people are going to do the right thing and give so that the bills are paid. But God is not concerned, in my opinion, with how much we give. What he is concerned with is our hearts and the attitude in which we give it. Um, just like the religious leaders, we can give an abundant amount of money, but if our hearts is not right, then all we did is make an offering plate heavy. If we give tons and tons of money, but our hearts is not right with God, and we're not giving with the, the right heart, all we did is make the offering plates heavy. Think about that. If we give any amount, whether it's just 50 cents or a quarter or $5 or $10 or $100 or $1,000 or a million dollars, if we give any amount and we give it from our heart, then God is pleased and God is glorified. And that is the purpose of giving. It's for God to be glorified. Thank you for giving of your time, your effort, your abilities, your talents, your money, meeting people's needs in the name of Jesus. When and, and Let me say this as we end. As you meet people's needs, tell them why you are meeting their needs. If I just give you $10, what good is that? Yeah, you might, you might be able to go uh, buy a couple of things. But if you come to me and tell me you needed $10, if I said, I'm going to give you $10. But the reason why I'm giving you $10 is because I follow Christ and I know you have a need and I want to meet your need in the name of Jesus so God will be glorified in your situation. And then people are going to say, oh. And see, the attention goes off of the gift in you and it goes to God. And then their, their attention goes to God and they think, man, God has really changed this guy or this girl's life and I, I need to follow that God. I need what they have. I need Jesus. And that is the whole purpose in meeting people's needs and in giving. And Jesus says, you see that, that widow woman with those two, just dropped in those two little coins that barely even made a sound, if it made a sound at all. She gave more than all these religious leaders who put in thousands of dollars into the offering plate because she gave all that she had 
to God. Why? Because her heart was right. And Jesus could see their hearts and he could see her heart. And you know what? He can see my heart and he can see your heart. Is your heart right with God? If not, I pray today that, 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 that you make it right with God. If you've never been washing the blood of Jesus Christ, I pray that you give your life to Jesus today to be baptized for the remission of your sins, the forgiveness of your sins. And if you are a Christian, if you are following Jesus, then I pray that you have a heart check and, and make sure that your heart is in the right place and that you are giving of your time, you're giving of your money, you're giving of your abilities and your talents to serve God so that he can be glorified and not you. Again, thank you for listening today. God bless you. And we'll pick up with Luke 21 and finish it in the next podcast. Have a great day and keep grinding. Thank you for listening to the Grinded Podcast today. May God bless you. If you have any comments or questions, you can email them to us at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com. If you would like Randy to come and speak at your church or your next event, you can contact him through that same email address. Also, I would like to thank Jody Foster's Army, also known as JFA, for their song, Abba, as we use for our intro and our outro off their untitled 1984 album. May God bless you, and remember, keep your eyes on Jesus and keep grinding.